Your Partner in Success Radio is a free business podcast with host Denise Griffiths. It's all about great stories, conversation, and context to help you move your business and life forward with actionable tips and advice from her guest experts. To listen and subscribe, just find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you consume your podcasts. Welcome to your Partner in Success Radio. I am your host, Denise Griffiths, and this podcast is ranked in the top 2% of the most popular podcasts globally. And honestly, it's all because of my truly incredible guests. I feel so fortunate to spend time with people who are at the top of their game, and they are passionate about helping you achieve your goals in both your personal, <clears throat> excuse me, personal and professional life. My guests hold nothing back. They join us here to share the secrets of peak performance. And I know you'll find their insights both inspiring and actionable. So sit back, relax, and get ready to take your life and business to the next level. And our topic today is a fascinating one. We're going from entrepreneur to a full-blown entrepreneur. And to do that, you're going to meet Dylan Vanis. He is the remarkable, I'm sorry, I am losing my voice. Excuse me. The remarkable, remarkable founder of Agency Box an immensely successful digital marketing agency and the co-founder of Mindful Agency. From being a mere entrepreneur, we've all been there. He has transformed into a full-blown entrepreneur at the young age of 28. His accomplishments have garnered attention from major outlets such as Fox, ABC, Yahoo, and Inc. Dylan is also a business speaker, and he works with some of the world's largest personalities and brands. He has shared the stage with business icons such as Gary Vaynerchuk, Patrick Bet David, Ed Milet, and many other household names. And his influential presence extends to entrepreneur.com, where he owns a dedicated column and he boasts a massive following on social media platform. The truth is, I, I tried this, you can't throw a stick on the internet without saying his name and finding him. He's everywhere. Dylan, good morning. Thank you for joining me today. I'm really excited to chat with you today. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me. It's good. 28. That's astonishing. I get, I, you probably hear that a lot like, whoa, how did you do that? <laughs> it's impressive. Thank you. I used to get it more actually when I was like in my early 20s and people were like, holy crap, you've accomplished so much for your age. And then now I think it's like more normal (laughs) for someone who's in their late 20s to uh, accomplish this stuff. But yeah, I think I appreciate that. Well, I find it fascinating. And we had a terrific pre-interview and we talked about, oh, geez, business. We talked about the things that you are going to share today, business, marketing, entrepreneurship, personal development, startups leadership, personal branding, and building a software company, I suspect we're not going to get all the way through that. So I am going to mute myself largely and let you run with it because you've got a lot to share. Sounds good. So where would you like to start? (laughs) I guess what what do you find most interesting about the, you know, the areas that we've talked about before? Honestly, entrepreneurship. I okay. really do. I think it's something that a lot of people just, and I hear this a lot. Oh, I'm not an entrepreneur. Yeah, you are. I mean, we all are at some, at some level, you know, and I've had one gal say, well, you know, I'm just a housewife who handles the kids and the dogs and the vet record, you know, the vet visits and, you know, everything that goes on with managing your household. Well, me, you're an entrepreneur. Mm. <laughs> Take ownership of it. 
<laughs> yeah, look, I guess entrepreneurship is, is, you know, when I was 16, I went to this leadership program and I come from a family of dentists. My dad's a dentist, his dad's a dentist. So naturally I was supposed to be a dentist and uh, I wasn't really fascinated by looking inside people's mouths and getting paid to do it. So when I was 16, I went to this leadership camp and this guy's like, crazy successful I'm like what do you do he's like I'm an entrepreneur I'm like no seriously like what do you do he's like I'm an entrepreneur <laughs> I'm just like Art all right describe. it really is entrepreneurs do so many things we know so many things we're studying so many things it's I don't think it's really a title but it's <laughs> all we've got yeah yeah I guess so so then like you know how, how do you turn that like what are you actually doing and I think entrepreneurship it's like you're adding value to the marketplace and in exchange for something that you get back and look if you're a mom with kids you're you're adding value by supporting and encouraging the kids to grow up and and be their best selves and the value you're getting in exchange for that is you know you're getting the joy and the love and the reciprocation and all that stuff so i think that's a good point yeah in in some way everyone is an entrepreneur well i mean look at kids i did this when i was a child you know i had my lemonade stand you know, I was always a very creative child and bossy. I was the oldest of a whole bunch of kids. So I was in leadership. They say I was bossy, but I'm going to go with leadership. And, you know, I was always doing things that I really thought had value. People didn't know how to come up with a Halloween costume. I did. You know, I mean, and I was, you know, seven, eight years old and I was building Halloween costumes for the neighbors. It's just, it's either who you are or as you say, you're adding value. Once you identify that, then you can learn to be an entrepreneur. I, do, I think it's in all of us is my point. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think so. You know, there, there are some people that that I don't think would be business owners, though. And uh, and there's some people who being in the spotlight, being the person, being the one running everything, having to deal with all the stress that comes with that, just aren't cracked up for it and that's okay like there's there's it's perfectly okay for people to be entrepreneurs someone who kind of operates as a as you know an area like someone who runs their own kind of thing inside of someone else's company or you can be a number two or you can be an employee like there's lots of different avenues and i used to have this belief that like everyone should be an entrepreneur it's the best way of life until i started to build my company i've got over 100 employees now and i'm like i'm going on stages i'm speaking i'm like quit your job and start a business. And then I'm like looking at my employees and I'm like, except you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Don't listen to me. I don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) So, but then I started to realize like, look, okay, like this guy doesn't want to start a business. He likes showing up every single, you know, uh, showing up on Monday, leaving on Friday and not taking the stress home with him and taking home his paycheck every month. And, and that was like, you know, mind open. It was like, Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> so I think that, yeah, I think everyone, but you know, if, if you do have that entrepreneur bug, which I did, it's like, you're not, you're never going to be happy, not running a business or doing some kind of entrepreneurial endeavor. Well, and I think you said it best when you're adding value, you can do that no matter where you are. As long as you're mindful, you, you're actually being a value. You're helping other people. It doesn't matter where you are in business or, and I like that, you know, the phrase that you just used, but as long as we're adding value, that's really, I think what we're supposed to be doing, no matter where we are on our entrepreneurial road, if you will, 
or if we decide that that's really not for us, but we can sure help others. Yeah. And that's the cool thing. It's like, you know, what is when we're doing this and we're like, for, for me, for example, for a long time, I was kind of just chasing this idea of money and success. And it wasn't until I started to see like, okay, if you, you know, if you do that, sometimes what you chase, uh, you know, it's always going to evade you. But if you just instead you create something that's super valuable, people love it, bring it to the marketplace um, in a new way. It's like people could will just come to it. And that's when everything changed. It's like, oh, you know, if you're, you know, if you're you see an opportunity like, oh, you know, I think there'd be a great way for this new device or this new product or this new service. It's like just create it. And like, what's the worst that can happen? I mean, don't I'm not saying throw hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars at it, but you know, take a hundred bucks. And there's a book called the hundred dollar startup. You can start a company for a hundred bucks and, um, and get, and, you know, prove the concept and scale it up. And I think everyone's capable of doing that. I agree with you. And I, I'm one of those people and I've been guilty of this. I want things to be perfect. I'm a recovering perfectionist. <laughs> really a procrastinator let's just be honest about it and i will get these absolutely fantastic ideas but i don't pull the trigger right away and you know what i'm always mad because somebody else snatched that idea out of the ether it was mine but they ran with it in mm. my they didn't do as nearly as good a job as i could have done in my own mind but i didn't do it so you're right take that idea take that widget take that service whatever it is and put it out there and see what happens yeah idea isn't worth anything i have people all the time say say the same thing you just said it's like i had this idea and then so and so took it or whatever it's like no the idea is not what is worth anything because you know in my philosophy in my like you know weird imagination of business if i was god the universe whatever and i'm like i want this to be done but you know i i can't do it because i'm sitting up in the clouds i want to give my idea to someone and i'm gonna say hey go do this and if that person doesn't do it after a little while i'm gonna go and pass that idea off to someone else and say hey go do this and i'm gonna keep doing that until i find the perfect person to be the conduit of my vision and my plans so for that reason it's like you know i i had um this is a small company called uber you may have heard of it. Um, <laughs> they replaced the, the taxi cab industry. I had this idea when I was like 16, way, way before Uber existed, but I didn't execute. So it's not, the idea isn't worth anything. It's just taking that first step and moving towards the execution of it that I think matters the most. It really does. And I've got an idea right now that I actually got from the after call from my last guest my brain is so on fire and I am pulling the trigger on it. I'm not going to, you know, do my, Oh, you know, this is a great idea. I'll get around to it. I know better. So it will get launched. It'll get launched next week. But sometimes you have to have somebody say, what are you waiting on? Do you, is your idea of such little value that you really don't want to share it? What's wrong with you? Mm. Yeah. I think that if, if, you know, maybe that's like a little bit of, lacking confidence or, or lacking the know-how syndrome what did you call it? imposter syndrome oh yep i we're all guilty of that yeah you know i i think so and i think so what would be the action steps that someone could do to like overcome that and push through and and get out of that imposter syndrome listen to people like you 
<laughs> this, you know, there's a reason I do this podcast. Well, there's several reasons I do this podcast. But when I tell you, I'm very excited to meet people from all over the world and learn from you. And I watch. I mean, once I've met you, I start really paying attention to you. And those nuggets pop off the screen all day long. So, oh, I remember talking with him. Let me go see what's going on. I learn from you. And I think my audience does too, because we're in the top 2% globally, but that's how you do it. You just say, you know, you listen to people like Dylan, you listen to people like many of my guests and you think to yourself, well, they did it. Why in the world should I not do it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I think that I'm, I'd I'd like to think I'm something special, but really I'm not. (laughs) And, uh, you know, other than the fact that I just, uh, you know, I won't give up and I've been through crazy stuff and I've had a lot of, uh, a lot of, um, roadblocks on my entrepreneurship, entrepreneurial journey. And at any point I probably should have any rational human being would have said, okay, this isn't for me. And I'm going to go ahead and, and go get a job and, uh, stay, stay in my small town and, and have a family and, you know, and pump out a bunch of kids. And, but there was something inside me that was like, no, you got to keep going. You got to keep, keep pushing. And, and I think that if anyone's ever been faced with defeat or, or, or obstacles, really the thing is just like knowing like there's that story three feet from gold. It's like at any moment you could just be like right on the other, right on the other side of success and don't stop now. Like you've already done the hard work. Might as well get a reward for it. Napoleon Hill. I take it you're a reader. Yeah. Yes. I've one of my mentors, actually, he's a, he's a, my, my billionaire mentor, I call him. And he's like, Dylan, I've read, uh, think and grow rich over 500 times. Each time it's read me a million dollars. It's made me a million dollars. And, um, when uh, when I heard that, I was like, "All right, well, sign me up!" Like, so I've read that book, you know, half dozen times, dozen times, and I've read it, many of his other books. And yeah, I love I love um, since I was sixteen, I've been reading personal development books. I should introduce you to my friend Ben Gay the Third. He is known as a living sales legend, and he was mentored. He was the final mentee of Doctor Napoleon Hill. Mm. So I, when I chat with Ben, I get some of the greatest Napoleon Hill stories, but like you, I've read it. And every time I read it or Ben will say something to me and I'll go, wait a second, did I actually, (laughs) that?" I will have glossed over it or missed it. It's one of those books that you really should read it at minimum annually, but you probably should read it every other month. Truly. Yeah. Well, it's cool because it's not the necessarily new knowledge for me at least it's every time i'm reading it i'm i'm identifying new ways to apply the knowledge so it's like oh i didn't you know i i, I got i read that before but i didn't really understand it or you and, didn't read it at that moment all of a sudden there you are you're looking for it and it's oh okay got it understood yeah i think one of the 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 thinking to grow rich is really one of the most powerful books and there's you know there's unfortunately there's another book called outwitting the devil which didn't get i haven't okay well i listened to it on audible okay yeah it's good i i I have i don't know about you but i have hundreds of audible books and and, uh i've you know over the last they did something recently though where all my old books i can't seem to listen to so i'm not sure what happened there but um but yeah I, i think that that's an amazing book because 
you know, for anyone who doesn't know, it's it's the idea of of Napoleon Hill was supposedly sitting there having a conversation with who he dubbed the devil and the devil saying, here's the mean, dirty tricks I do to uh, seduce and control society and literally breaks it down. And this was written, uh, I think, in the 30s, 1930s, so almost 100 years ago. And and he was able to say things that at the time weren't even, you know, like smoking, overindulgence in food, overindulgence in sex. Like these weren't even things that were considered back then as as possible possible things. So I think it's a really great book. and. Uh, he talks about drifters. So don't becoming a ways to not become a drifter and, and stay really on track in your life and achieve success. Exactly. You know, that book was held in a vault for many years until after he passed. It scared his wife. She did not want it published. Yeah. And then I think uh, so Sharon Lecter came around and she's, I she's the one who. Yeah. <laughs> and Don Green. Yeah, yeah, there we go. So yeah. you know, you know the story too. <laughs> I do, I do. But then again, I know Ben Gay very well. He's a very dear friend of mine, and we have a Wednesday podcast that we do. And he often mentions Napoleon Hill and Zig Ziglar and Earl Nightingale, and you know, <laughs> he's a fascinating. I'll introduce you if you like. Anyway, let's let's talk about. So you know, we're talking about leadership, and you know that covers a whole lot of territory. But mostly, I mean, when you're talking about leadership, I'm guessing you learned in the beginning from reading and listening. Is that about right? Yeah, yeah. Reading, listening. Um, I guess, are you asking how I learned and how I developed yeah, leadership? How and why? Because honestly, if you're supposed to be a dentist, you took a, you know, you took a left, left turn there. <laughs> yeah, I, was- I find that fascinating. <laughs> I was so I was in my fourth year of college uh, or going into my fourth year of college and over summer break I said what am I gonna do let me and I was playing college soccer I was you know crushing it right like 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 living the college dream and then I'm like let me start a business so I started the business and uh all of a sudden I'm like I started making I made like 20 grand my first week and I was like dad give me a year to like figure this stuff out if I don't do it I'll go back I'll finish college and uh, obviously, I didn't go back. And for me, it was it was trial trial by fire. I learned more in like the first ninety days of running a business than I did in three years of college. It's like, well, why? Well, because you're, real you're real. like, yeah, real time applying this stuff. And so for me, that was like the only way I could really, you know. And, and I'm I'm very kinesthetic, and I like to learn by doing, and I like to learn by feeling, and. You know, I don't learn by listening and watching. And so for me, it's like, let me just jump in the pool and I'm sure I'll figure out how to swim. (laughs) And, you know, in hindsight, there's probably definitely opportunities where I could have probably done things more stably, right? Where I've rode some pretty high uh, roller coasters that have ups and downs. And I think some people go a little slower and steady, but that wasn't, you know, that wasn't my path. And so I think that for me, it was just, get it done and then of course like what's what happens is every time i reach a new level um i'm realizing i get uncomfortable i'm like okay i'm realizing that my skill set is lower than like back to imposter syndrome right my skill set is lower than my my um current circumstances and then at that point i know i have to level up i have to learn more i have to find a mentor i have to take a course i have to get information and then 
the level up happens and then my skill set is back in alignment with my circumstances until eventually there's another growth growth you know spurt and see i i think that's brilliant i haven't heard it put like that but I experience a lot of the same thing. I'm a web developer by trade. I'm a nerd in stilettos, literally. I have stilettos. You should see my closet. It looks like Nordstrom's threw up in there. But I'm also an introvert, so those stilettos don't really go anywhere. But I do visit them. I love them. So there's <laughs> that. <laughs> but, but I catch myself doing the same thing. I'll say, oh, you know, I'm either bored or I'm tired of it. Or I can, I just need to do something that's different. And I think we all do that. We're like, mm, you know, I've been doing this for, I'm not talking about web development, but, you know, there's one part of my services program that I killed off last week. I'm so sick of it. I don't want to do it anymore. But all that to say is as a, as an entrepreneur or a small business owner, people don't think about this. Like, oh, you know, I'm going to make money. I'm going to take vacation. No, you're not. You're really not. Not those first couple, three years. You need to figure out what you're doing. But the thing is, we all, and I believe this, fully have cast iron stomachs. We fail every day. Little failures, big failures. Oh, my God, failures. It happens. But we pick ourselves up, we figure out what we did wrong, or if we even want to fix it, and we find another way to work. Mm, yeah, I think like even in in like health journeys, right? Like right now, I'm on I'm on uh, I'm I'm course correcting my health because you know, sometimes when business takes over, uh, uh, you know, a lot of successful business people end up with health issues. So yeah. you know, I'm I'm course correcting with that. But you know, maybe right, like like one thing didn't work. You you okay? I maybe I fell off. That didn't work. Let's try something new. It's almost like life is this journey. It's like of, of constantly rediscovering and identifying the the best path forward. And, and, um, and, you know, kind of figuring yourself out and it's just like you. I, one thing I'm really fascinated by is I've been really fascinated by the way that people handle adversity. And I, you know, I watch celebrities go through it. I watch, you know, even, um, uh, Kanye West, like, gosh, that guy, he's, he's been this controversial figure the last year. And it's like, it's interesting to watch people when they go through adversity or they go through public, uh, uh, failures and watching how they get back up again. And, and do they get back up again? Cause some people just don't, they just fall off, but other people, you know, they come right back, you know, six months later. And they're doing something different as a rule. I was on Twitter this morning and I'm not a fan of his. I don't listen to his music, but I certainly know who he is. And there, and I'm just, I'm paraphrasing because I didn't really pay attention, but I read somewhere that he had a bunch of leftover shoes from his last business and they were sold Adidas. Maybe I think it was Adidas that sold them for something like $487 billion. It was then donated to charity. That's a win. Maybe not for him, but the, that's still a win. Yeah, actually, it's funny. I made a video about that that exact topic uh, probably three three months ago, and it was like he's got a did a billion dollars worth of as the retail value of the shoes, and I was like, what are they going to do with it? And I listed off a few options: like give it to the homeless, donate to charity, uh, sell them, and um, and so interesting. I, I didn't know that it had come to a resolution, and it looks like sounds like it has but um and see but yeah. you, you could see what was going to happen so you're 
very prescient, present. I never can say that word, but you know what I mean. So, and good for you. I mean, I was looking at that going, well, at least they didn't burn them or, you know, they're rotting somewhere. They're going to good homes. And now some, you know, money is out there for some really great, well-deserving nonprofits. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So personal branding, you've done a heck of a job with your personal branding. Was that, you really have, I'm fascinated by how you, you operate out there in the wild, meaning the internet. Is this something that you knew early on that you needed to brand yourself personally, or did it just kind of develop? Because, I mean, you strike me as somebody who's constantly studying, constantly learning, constantly seeking. So how did that kind of show up for you? Well, it's becoming more common now for people to, to kind of be, have personal brands, but it's really, it's the, we're in this like influencer creator economy kind of world where there's these internet celebrities and a lot of them are young, young people and, and kids, but they've blown up and they make a fantastic living creating content online. And then I saw this, like this business sector, right? And we're talking about Napoleon Hill. We're talking about, you know, the, the old uh, Zig Ziglar the old school group and then there was kind of this new school group and this was like kind of the gen- the 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 guys and the girls that i grew up with right so um uh you know even sharon lecter's in there but like gary vaynerchuk you know was one of them and grant cardone and i'm i'm watching these guys online and i'm reading their books and i'm like what is it that these guys are doing that that's allowing them to be on stage and be a thought leader and i was like other than running a business they're just talking about running a business but they're very consistent about it they are yeah exactly exactly you said persistent right persistent and consistent you can't avoid them you really can't yeah for years right for years and it's not like they just woke up one day and said oh i'm gonna do this and the next day stopped it because i think there's you know talk about podcasting there's I heard a stat. There's like 2 million podcasts in the world or something like that. But, but of them, the majority of podcasts, they don't post every single week, every month, you know, they post seven episodes and they fall off. Well, and you know why? And this bugs me no end. I'm going to go off on a bit of a rant, but I lurk in a couple of Facebook groups. I promise you'll never need a facelift. I read some of the garbage that's in these Facebook groups and my eyebrows hit my hairline and I look permanently surprised. It's just like, what? What kind of advice is that? But they, and I've seen this time and time again, and I think this is a big mistake for podcasters or anybody. They'll say, okay, you know, I put out 12 episodes and I had great downloads for the first three episodes and then nothing happened. But how can I get sponsors? Get a job. Go get a job. Seriously, this is not for you. Or rethink your approach. I get really irritated. Can you tell? <laughs> I, I think that the, the thing is, like, same thing as making content. When I saw the that there's these guys doing it, and at the time there wasn't really anyone posting content, I was like, okay, like, let me just make videos. And so, I don't know, probably three and a half years ago, I posted a video, and uh and then I posted another one and another one. And, and I started making content talking about business. Now I have a podcast. I have, you know, like four, four different pay, four different online, you know, outlets that we distribute content out, uh, on. I own a media company. But it all started with just seeing like, okay, what are the people at the top doing? And how can I model that? And, and to your point, 
I think you have to be consistent with it. Otherwise you'll, you'll fall off. And I'm not really ever, so a lot of people think about competition. Like, Oh, it's saturated. Oh, it's this or that. Everything is saturated. Being a real estate agent is dang saturated. Like, but there's every single day, there's more people signed up to be a real estate agent. Why? Well, 99% of people won't take action. 99% of people won't stay consistent. 99% of people won't succeed with it. So if you can just commit to yourself that I'm going to be the 1% that, that does this, does it consistently and sticks with it, like you're pretty much guaranteed to succeed. That's exactly true. And going back to this podcast, it's been around for 15 years. I was a very early adopter. I think it was me and 10 other people. Now there's millions of us. But when I first started, it's always been exactly what it is now, an interview podcast, because I don't think I'm interesting enough to talk to anybody for 60 minutes. And it's always been 60 minutes. And I was having trouble getting guests because who knew me? Nobody knew me. I mean, I had no marketing chops. I didn't know what to do with it. I was just on Facebook and that was pretty much it. And just about, this is the truth. Do you know who Larry Wingett is? He's, uh, no, you, if you saw him, you would know who he is. He's known as the pit bull of um, personal development. And he just retired not too long ago. Love Larry Wingett. I really have always liked his work. So, I needed a guest. It was either that or quit because I needed, and you talked about consistency. I need, if I said I was going to be there on Friday, I needed to be there on Friday. So that's all there was to it. People would actually say, Denise, you didn't have a, a podcast today. What happened? Oh, geez. And that's when I realized it. <laughs> if, even if they're not downloading, they're not really, you think they're not paying attention. They are. So I, you know, went into we didn't have messenger back in the day. This is quite a number of years ago. And I sent a, a note somehow on Facebook to Larry Wingett and told him who I was, that I had been a fan of a little TV show that he had had years ago. I don't even watch TV, but I did at that time. And that I would really, you know, I knew some of his, you know, Bob Berg. I knew some of his friends who had been on my show. And I said, I would love to invite you to come on my show. And I thought, well, that's the end of that. And I walked out into the, the, kitchen and stuck my head in the refrigerator to calm myself down <laughs> and <laughs> came back in. He said, I would love to. <gasps> and he literally saved my podcast. Mm. Literally. So consistency is important. Don't give up. If you really believe in what you're doing, don't stop. Mm. And you'll get the opportunity. You'll get the ability to, uh, you'll get the connections and the opportunities. But what's that saying? It's like, you know, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. And that's really what it is. It's like, if you're not, you you're, you can't look around and say, oh, that person got lucky or that person was raised with it or whatever else. It's like, that's just victim, victim mindset stuff. And really uh, to be successful in, in the world or happy in life, even today, who cares about money, right? To be happy in life. Like you got to take accountability for your, for your own stuff, your own, your own crap that you got going on and your own successes that you got going on and own it. And then, you know, when you, when you own it, that's the first step to being able to be in control and change it. It does. And the money does follow. And I know that's another, oh, geez, really? You just said that? Yeah, I did. It does follow. If you're out there and you're, you know, adding value and you're being consistent, the money comes. It's just a natural progression. Mm. Yes. I love that. So marketing, what kind of marketing is it that your agency does? 
So uh, Mindful Agency, we specialize in really in personal brand development. Uh, but we also work with brands. So just helping brands establish their brand, people and brands establish their brand and authority online and then scale it up. Um, that's like the sexy way of saying we, we, we help people grow their social media. We help people get featured in the media. We help people craft their story and create co- good content around it. Well, and let's go back to personal branding, because to me, there's branding and there's personal branding, but I'm getting to the point where I'm not sure you can really differentiate between the two. We're people. We're people first and foremost. We're personalities. And you mentioned influencers. I can't just stand up and say, okay, I'm a web developer. I have a social digital agency. I herd cats. That's (laughs) who I am. But it's also part of my personality and my business. So, I mean, when you're talking with people, are you differentiating between them or are you just kind of putting them all in a pot, stirring it and seeing what comes out? No, of course. Everyone everyone has their own unique voice, their own unique vision, their own unique path. Um, and what's really important is like to understand that personality is when, so when it comes to brands and versus personality, someone who has a company, like there's the, there's a reason that, like we, we, I could not be having this conversation on my own. You need people in this world and online and personalities are just people are more sticky. Like if you look at some of the top brands, the, you look at, I wrote that down. Okay, good. Um, like think about it though. Like if you look at the top brands in the world, I don't think it's a, a, a coincidence that Amazon has a massive personality, Jeff Bezos. Microsoft has Bill Gates. Tesla has Elon Musk. Apple had Steve Jobs. Like, is it a coincidence that these powerful figures were behind these largest brands? And take it one step further, if you actually go on social media and you look, it's like, who do you think has more followers, Tesla or Elon Musk? Of course, Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Or Amazon. So the question then is, well, what's going to be more successful? Your little startup company called, you know, Sally's Shoelaces? Or is it going to be Sally, the shoelace lady, that's that's constantly talking about shoelaces? And see, I didn't think about it like that, and I should have, but you're right. We are more attracted to personalities or repelled by personalities, so be careful there. <laughs> but in the, you know, it's going to be six of this, half dozen or another. Either you're going to love Elon Musk or you're going to hate him. I happen to really like him. I think he's one of the smartest people in the world. I love watching what he gets up to. Plus, he's sardonic. I like that a lot. <laughs> so there's, you know, and, you know, I watch, I'm like, you. Yeah, I watch these people. I've read and listened to Grant Cardone. And I'm fascinated by what they're doing and how they're showing up. And, yes, they have companies. And yes, I'm probably going to be a lot more interested in doing business with their companies because now I feel like I kind of know them. Mm. Yeah, exactly. It's like the, it, you know, people, people want to work with people that they, they know and they like. And, and, um, and for that reason, if you can create that experience for people, you're going to, you're going to have a lot more success. And that's what personal branding is all about. It's like you, all you, you, you're doing is you're becoming the person, the face, the power behind the, behind the scenes and, um, or in front of the scenes and the company is doing all the magic behind the scenes. Well, that makes sense. So personal development, I would love to hear some of the the books that you've read and, and what you took away from them. I'm like you, I have, uh, I looked in my Kindle the other day, my Kindle app. 
I have over 6,000 books in there. I don't even know how many audible books. And in my office where we're sitting, I'm sitting right now talking with you, I have several bookcases and I have hundreds of books in here. And every one of these books, I am proud to say, was gifted to me by my podcast guests, every single one. And I've read them all. I review them all. Many of them, you know, they've got sticky notes. They're they have to have their own shelf because they're so fat now. They're so fat with sticky notes because I grab and read them a lot. So, you know, who are some of the people or the books or, or leaders that have really kind of impacted you? Because, you know, you're quite young. So you're going to have a lot more. But who right now comes to the top of the head? Uh, well, when I was when I was uh, first getting into personal development, there was like a, I had like a laundry list of books, right? And one of the things is everyone loves to give book recommendations. It's like, I don't give book recommendations. I'll suggest, you know, different areas people can look into. And I say, but like, whatever, whatever resonates with you, like pick that book up. Because I might be reading a great book about business tactics and tips right now. But that doesn't mean that like the guy who's on a spiritual journey is going to be able to resonate with it. So uh, for me, I, I read uh, one of the most, the, the besides thinking we're rich, one of the most impactful early books. Are, and I, by, by the way, I read, you know, all the classics, As a Man Thinketh, um, Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad, How to Win Friends. Like, you know, all the like, the, the, tr- the classic ones I read, there's two books. So the, the early one for me uh, was The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Um, I have that. And for me, it was a book where I I. I went through this book and for me, every single sentence had a, a underlying message behind it. And I think it was at a point in my life when it basically the, the, the premise of the book is it's actually uh, fiction, but it's got, it's littered with lessons. And the premise is this guy goes on this journey of trying to basically find success and happiness. And, and at the end of the book, it was right where he started was the actual success and happiness he was looking for. And so, it was more so about the journey because the destination existed in front of him the whole time, but becoming the person who could appreciate that was, you know, what was the book was all about. And that was the lesson I got. I was like, you know, 19 years old and figuring out what am I, what am I going to do? And I was like, let me just go on this journey of life and figuring things out. So that was big. Um, Power of now by Eckhart Tolle uh, or Tolle, you know, however you want to say. It. And then there's a more recent one, which was, well, you know, a newer book written, I think six, seven years ago, six years ago, maybe what is um, Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. Oh, I've got it. Yes, I just read it. Okay, good, good. Yeah. So, so, you know, from that book, it's like the, uh, the extreme accountability for everything in your life and, and people respect that. And I think that, look, there's books, there's, there's leaders, there's, there's, there's so much information out there. Um, and I think that we're in like an overload of information era and people are trying to figure out like, how do I grow and, and develop? But for what you said is you open a book, you take notes. Like for me, I was, I, uh, I was actually going through my, so I'm from Canada originally. I moved out to Las Vegas like five or six years ago. And over Christmas, I went back to Vancouver and went to my old storage unit and I had cases and cases of books and I brought them back with me. And I was flipping through them a couple of days ago, going through, and I was like, wow, like, <laughs> it's crazy to see, like, little Dylan over here was, like, taking notes, uh, bookmarking things, highlighting things. I even posted on my Instagram, I was like, 
you know, this is, this is why I am where I am. It's because I've been intentional with every action I've done. I've been very, very intentional. There's, there's different levels of success. There's people who come in and, and they're on, I call it unconscious and conscious success. Some people are just operating success principles, success habits unconsciously. They're not reading the books. They're not doing the, you know, they're not waking up and meditating or doing the, you know, the affirmations or the jumping jacks, whatever the new philosophy is, but they're just operating from these principles. And then there's the conscious success. And now conscious success is what I've been, I've done. It sounds like you also are very consciously successful where you're, you've, you've set an intention, you, and then you follow and you execute the plan. And then you created your, you know, your levels of success from that. I do try, but with imposter syndrome, you always, I always, well, you know, shoot, I could have done that better. But then I smack myself on the hand and say, knock it off. You can do Mm -hmm. better tomorrow. I think though compassion is like, I mean, I'm interested to know your thoughts on this too, but you know, we're, we're, I think there's so much pressure on people today to every single day and Get, you know, I mentioned Gary Vaynerchuk earlier. It's like this guy is a guy that if you watch his stuff day in, day out, you probably feel bad about yourself. It's like, why aren't you working 80 hours a day? You should be working 80 hours a day. It's like, I'm, dude, there's 24 hours in a day. Like, <laughs> it's not possible. So uh, I think that we got to have compassion for ourselves too. Because you know, setting setting a goal that I'm going to be, in, you're, you know, if you're, you're just starting out or you're just recovering or whatever it is you've been through. And you're like, I'm going to be a millionaire tomorrow or a millionaire this year. It's like, that's probably not realistic. And so if you set that goal and you work towards it, you're just going to set yourself up to be disappointed. I think I'd much rather set a goal that allows me to, to make incremental milestones and succeed on the path of that. Instead of setting some moonshot goal, that's not realistic because at least that way I'll be able to feel good about myself in the process and, and know that I'm growing and making progress, progress, progress towards my goals. Exactly. And I do the same thing because like when I was a kid, I would say, okay, I'm going to be doing this and this and this. And my mom, God bless her, would just look at me so good, honey. She didn't say, you're an idiot. I mashed your soft spot too hard. She just let me do whatever I was going to do. And I had some big, magnificent, ridiculous goals. And I look back and go, she should have just sat me down and said, honey, but she didn't. And and I'm glad she didn't because I needed to learn this on my own. But listen, every night when I finally go to sleep, sleep is not one of my big skills. So I have to kind of work at it a little bit. But I always do this. I turn over whatever was really just didn't work out or I have a question or it's just something that's bothering the heck out of me. And I need a, a response. I need an answer to. And just in those last few moments before I know I'm actually going to fall asleep, I will say out loud because I say it to the ceiling fan above my head. I'm talking to God or spirit or whoever, and I'm saying it out loud and I will ask the question, ask for a response. And I'm giving it literally turning it over to my subconscious for review. And you know what? 318 every morning I wake up and there's the answer without fail. Mm. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. I, you know, there was, um, uh, one of the books I was, I was, uh, pulled out of my, my boxes the other day was, um, asking it shall be given, um, by, uh, um, uh, Esther Hicks. 
And I love, I love Esther Hicks. We're, ta- you know, we're talking, I bet we have all the same books. I'm willing to bet <laughs> or have read them or have heard of them or watched or listened. Uh, yeah. I, I think it's what, you know, we're, we're, we're on the same path and I don't know if that's interesting, you know, to, to always be talking about books and stuff, but, but it is cool to see that we can connect and, and uh, there is something to be said about reading and growing and personal development that does get you in a place where you're um you know you're moving towards success and I, I, I it's hard to find someone who's intentional consistently and persistently uh reading growing and developing that hasn't achieved some levels of success or happiness or, or betterment in their life i agree with you and listen there are i know people who do not read I'm stunned by that, but some people simply do not enjoy it. That doesn't mean you can't find the same information that we're talking about. You can listen. There's YouTube. There's audio. I mean, it's everywhere. If you find something that you're really interested in, but you're not going to sit down with a book, there are just innumerable ways to get that information. So don't let that hold you back. Yeah, my... um my partner jill jill so she's uh, when we first met like six seven years ago i was like uh oh like what books do you read and she's like i don't read books i was like you haven't read think and grow rich you haven't read how to win friends and influence people like you're off the list and i don't want, I don't want to be with you <laughs> and she's like no 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 no. I, I i read i just don't read books i was like what do you mean she's like no, i read i you know i i have certain websites that i go i have certain people i follow online certain information and it you know turns out she had she was also consuming really valuable information just in a different medium exactly. it wasn't it, yeah so the, i don't think there's a right or wrong way to consume and and develop there isn't but you have to be aware that you need to develop you want to develop and that that information is out there and listen here's the thing about people like you like me the entrepreneurs that i know we genuinely want other people to succeed. We're not holding anything back. We're not saying, oh, they're going to steal my idea. We're <laughs> just, we want to help other people do what we do if that's what they're looking for or just help by, you know, being of value. I mean, that's what we really are all about as far as I can tell. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I have a list of business ideas that I I have in my notes app and there's probably a hundred on there. And every time I get an idea, I just add it there. And maybe one day I'll go back and, and do it. But I would send that list to anyone, anywhere, anytime, because I know that those ideas are worthless. It's the execution that's valuable. Say that again, because that's important. The idea is that it's the execution, not the idea that's valuable. And I would send that list of hundred business ideas to anyone, anywhere, anytime, because I literally don't care about the ideas. Those are just my way of saving it. But you got to go out and, and execute. You have to do it. And, you know, I have that conversation with myself all the time. Like I've got notebooks everywhere, everywhere. I've got boxes of notebooks and I'll open them up. Some of them just go, ah, oh, why? Why didn't you do it? Oh, crud. So I'll put it out into the world. I'll say, you know, this was a terrific idea I had. It's still timely. Does anybody want it? And here you go. <laughs> yeah there's there's some ideas I, I have there's like two ideas in particular that i've i've tried pawning off on people probably a dozen times or more i'm like guys this is an amazing idea if i wasn't doing anything i'd be doing this idea and and they're like yeah yeah sounds good like 
you know, I'm like, I just want this to exist, <laughs> but I don't have time to do it myself. The same thing. I mean, I'm like you. I mean, I'm going, going, going all the time, largely because I'm fascinated with life. I'm fascinated with how people think. I'm really fascinated with how I think or some days don't think. You know, I mean, <laughs> just, I mean, I, I sit myself down and say, Denise, let's have a talk. Oh, crap. Here we go. <laughs> off, off I go. But yeah, I always wind up laughing at myself because I'll be mad. And I'm not mad at anybody else. I'm mad at me because I didn't do this. I didn't, my list didn't get done. So I have the talk. You know, I, I sit down and I point my finger at my own face and, you know, have, have the talk. And after a while, I'm laughing because I'm so ridiculous. So, mm. you, you know, as people doing the kind of work that you're doing, that I'm doing, we're all doing, we have to have a sense of humor. Mostly we have to find ourselves ridiculous and then get back to work. That's good, actually. I like that. I like that. If we can, you know, one thing I've always been pretty good at is not taking myself too seriously. And, you know, from time to time, it puts me in trouble. But I <laughs> I, I, I laugh myself, I joke myself, you know, I'm the first person, if, if I mess up, I'm the first person to joke about it. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not ashamed to, to be imperfect, because, or to, to just find humor in myself, because I think that's like, making light of uncomfortable situations, at least for me, is the the way I get through it. I think that works for most of us. If you take everything, if you take life too seriously, I don't know, I never have, but it just looks uncomfortable to me and unreasonable. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I think generally the, the, the best people, like if you, why do people go to comedy shows? Why are people, like, why do people want to do that? Well, it's because they want to escape. They want to laugh. They want to be free from whatever. And so it's like, for me, it's like my life is is a comedy show. But at the same time, it's also, a, you know, it's a drama. It's an action. It's a it's a thriller. But um, but I'm not scared of, of that. So I think that's a cool philosophy. It is. So I wanted to, we've, we're going to run out of time in about oh, eight or nine minutes. You talk about building a software company. Like I say, I'm a nerd. I really am. And I'll tell you really quickly how I got that nerd in stilettos. Again, it's from my, my podcast guests who really do come up with the most amazing things to see on the air. But I was talking with this gentleman probably 10 years ago or, or more. And he said, well, Denise, what is it that you do? And I basically said, well, I, it kind of stumped me because – we all do too many things and we often don't know how to describe what it is <laughs> we do. And I said, well, I'm a web developer. I have a social digital agency, a social marketing agency, and I have a closet full of stilettos. I guess I'm a nerd in stilettos. And he said, say it again, say it again. I said, <laughs> and it's a good thing he said it right there because I would have forgotten it. I said, well, I guess I'm a nerd in stilettos. He said, call me when this is over. And I always do. I always call my guests to say thank you. So I called him and he said, Denise, why have you not branded that? I, said, I don't know. Well, when the PR guy for the Academy Awards says to do something, you do it. <laughs> Right, so I'm a nerd in stilettos. That's awesome. Yeah, I love it. I and I think uh, I don't know where we're going with that, but I think the where <laughs> just <laughs> I'm looking at Zoom and I see my logo, Denise Griffiths, nerd in stilettos, and there's a stiletto and a black cat, and I was like, oh, there it is. So <laughs> I just thought I'd share. Oh, that's cool. I think uh, everyone kind of has their 
their thing. And it's, it's, uh, as you, as I've evolved and I've done more and more, it's like my thing kind of has been evolving, but I think sometimes people try to do like, what's my thing. And they want to get their thing before they even start. It's like, no, you don't, that's not how it works. You start first. And then some guy one day says, Hey, you're the nerd in stilettos and, right. or, you, or, or you say it. And it's like, that's six. You never know. So then that was my, my original question. I was going to go somewhere, but I got distracted building a software company because when I say I'm a nerd, I'm not kidding. I build websites in my sleep. I have been known in my own head to completely build a website while I'm in the kitchen making a gumbo because I think in pictures. I, you know, I think in, I don't necessarily think in words. I think in pictures. So that's how my brain operates. So building a software company to me is fascinating. Yeah, so we we um so running a marketing agency, we're we're faced with a unique, uh, you know, I'm faced with a unique set of problems, and there's solutions I wish wish existed. And I was like, four years ago, I was like, these don't exist. Why not? <laughs> so I started making them, uh, building the solutions like one by one. So I was like, I wish I had a way to make my work easier. So then I created the solution for that. It's like, I wish I had a way to manage all my projects because I have all these clients. Like, how do I organize it? So I made it. And now we have a, you know, I have a software company called Agency Box. It has like about 20 different uh, solutions for other marketing agency owners. And they come in, they use the platform. It helps them run their business. But really the, the thing is with software school is, you're able to provide value to people, but it's pretty much infinitely scalable. So for you to build a website, you got to, you know, sit, sit on a, with a client, you got to get their information, you got to go through the whole process, blah, 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 blah. You know, then the next week you sit down, you start, you, you, you know, you write the wireframes, you, then you, then you did design, then you plug it all in, add the photos, add the copy, and then you have a mostly finished product that you have to deploy to a, a website and domain and get it set up. And so it's like, the manpower on that, the reason why websites for so long have been, you know, relatively expensive, right? And I know people who for a three page website would pay thousands and thousands of dollars. I've I've had I've known people to pay twenty thousand dollars for a simple, you know, couple page website. Why is it expensive? Well, you're 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 taking an expert like you and you're taking their time, which by the way, to sit down and do a consultation with you, I'm sure isn't cheap if someone wanted to just chat with you and like, you know, have you consult them in their business. So you're taking someone like you, who's a high paid person and then taking their time and having them build a product for you. But with software, it's no manpower, no time. So you can provide incredible solutions to people for incredibly affordable price and make hundred percent profit. So for me, I thought that was like the perfect business model. And that's why I've spent so much time and money continuing to build and develop it. Well, what, what is it that you're offering in Agency Box? So we've got like, there's like three core things. One, we have, uh, so for marketing agencies, we actually have uh, a way to generate leads. So we have a tool in there. It's called Lead Finder. We've got Lead Finder, Lead Finder Pro. Both of them go in and you basically type in, I want dentists. You know, my target client is dentists who make three to $5 million a year and have 10 employees. And then it's going to like do its thing and it whips up like 500 of them. And you're like, I want them in, in Dallas. So, so like there's 500 dentists there. And then you can take those and move those over to a, we have like a way to contact them. So an email thing, basically you, you plug it into the emails and it'll go and email all of them. 
and keep emailing them until they respond and say, Hey, I'm interested or stop emailing me, dude. <laughs> and then um, once you close a client, we have, you can send a proposal instantly. We have a little AI tool in there that, that creates a proposal, sends it to the clients. So the idea is, is then we have project management, you can have your clients live there. We even help with fulfillment. So I guess the idea is like, you know, for marketing agencies, we help with everything from customer acquisition, contracts, and project management and fulfillment, the whole process of running an agency. And you said something important too. And, you know, once you start with this kind of a, a project, I'm sure that as you're building, you're going, I think people don't understand this. When you build something like this, it's always growing because there are going to be questions that you never thought of. Your clients need things that just never popped into your head. And all of a sudden, you whoop, let me add that. So it's always growing. Yeah. And listening to customer feedback is important in anything we do, whether you're selling widgets, uh, you know, at the county fair or you're selling, uh, you're selling, you know, flying squirrels out of, out of the back of a van. Like, you know, wh- whatever you're doing, you, 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 you got to listen to what your customers say and, and iterate and make it better. And I wanted to, you touched on something really important there. You know, there's always a lot of talk about customer, customer service, but there's a massive difference between customer service and customer experience. And I can always tell the companies who have not learned that lesson. And I <laughs> Well, the thing with you is, you know, as a website, uh, as a website developer, you understand there's a difference between user experience, right? And like the actual behind the scenes of like going, what's going into it. The person who logs into a website isn't, seeing the code they're not seeing the, the forms they're not seeing everything they're just they're, they're having the experience so but why would a company you know you walk into a, a restaurant that's busy why would the server come up to you and say oh sorry it's so busy today you know it's been a long day <laughs> that doesn't make sense you wouldn't go to a website and the person's like oh my gosh they, you know this is a big banner that says ah we're so hard at work <laughs> so um you want to provide that user experience and make it seamless too you don't want people to, to be able to they want you want to provide a Disneyland experience to people. Exactly. And people will say, Oh, I really like that website. I want just I want it. Same thing. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> they send you apple.com. This yeah. is just the same thing. <laughs> it's like just copy this. No. <laughs> I'm not copying anything. But but I think what and in my case in particular, and I, I get the best clients, I really do, but they don't understand that it's not magic. <laughs> There's a lot of work that goes on, like you, like you said, behind the scenes that nobody understands. They don't know it's there. They just know that they click a button. It's like, ooh, and off we go. That's a lot of work and a lot of coding and a lot of zapiers, just a whole lot of stuff <laughs> going on behind all that. So it's fun. I enjoy it, but then I'm a nerd. So <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm also a nerd. I was always. Uh, you know, I was a nerd in, uh, in, in soccer boots though. So I, instead I was, you know, I was on the soccer field hanging out with the quote, cool kids, but all I really wanted to do was be in the, you know, be in the, 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 the room with the nerds hanging out, but I wasn't allowed to because I was a quote jock. So who oh, <laughs> was going to be a dentist? Like say, yeah, you- was supposed to be, yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. dad. <laughs> you took that left in the road instead of going right or left or straight. You just, good for you. Before I let you go, is there any, are there, are there any upcoming projects or initiatives that you're working on that you'd like to share? I'm working on a project right now. Uh, you know, I think that the power of AI is really, 
it's really going to change things. And so I'm working on a tool oh. right now to help uh, people, uh, you know, start up a business, but it's, it's using AI. So that'll be in the works. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, that's, that's it. I, you know, we have a, we have a code name for it. Uh, the code name is ROAS, as in return on ad spend, um, which is like a marketing term. But um, that'll there'll be more information about that, and I'm hoping that'll be uh, industry disruptor. Good for you. Well, tell me, um, do me a favor. When it's ready, shoot me a note or give me a call, and I'll make sure the audience knows about it. Cool. Thank you. I, I will do that. Well, listen, before I let you go, is there anything else that you'd like to share with the audience? And this has been a fascinating conversation. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. That's, that's it. So anything that um, people should know, where can they con- where can they find you? Where can they connect directly? Uh, you, can, uh, you can go to my website, DylanVanAs.com, uh, D-Y-L-A-N-V-A-N-A-S.com. Uh, and, you know, if you want to reach out to me directly, Instagram is really the best way. I see pretty much everything that comes through there. So you can shoot me a message, everything else, emails and stuff kind of get filtered first. So if you want to talk to me, uh, feel free to reach out to me there. Will do. Listen, everybody, thank you for being with us today. Before we wrap up today's episode, if you have enjoyed the conversation and found our insights helpful, please leave us a review on and rating on iTunes. Your feedback really does help me improve and reach more people on their own success journeys. So don't forget to hit that subscribe button, leave a review, and share your partner in Success Radio with your friends and colleagues. And thank you for tuning in. And I will catch you on the next one. Dylan, again, thank you so much. It has been a pleasure. Thanks so much. See you later. Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, contact Denise Griffiths at yourofficeontheweb.com and go to the podcast tab. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.